This is the One Thing Podcast, where we teach you the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. I'm your host, Jeff Woods. While we've all been forced to change the way that we work and get things done, there's one thing that hasn't changed. It's the need to have conversations with the people that matter most that enrich the relationship. And while we've all been working from home, this has presented its own set of circumstances. Uh, We've been closer to some people, which could have created conflict. And knowing how to have conversations to enrich that relationship may be a mystery to some people. And while we have been more distant from team and customers, figuring out how to have those conversations might be a question mark as well. This is why we reached out to our friends at Fierce Conversations. If you've been following the podcast for a while, you know that we are a huge fan of the book, Fierce Conversations. I've personally become friends with Susan Scott, and we've had a lot of conversations since COVID hit. Uh, Our two companies have been masterminding about how we bring even more value and sharing best practices. And it became abundantly clear that their model for how to have fierce conversations is more relevant than ever before. So today you are going to get to meet their Senior Vice President of Learning, Rana Dietrich. In this episode, you are going to hear three things. First, you're gonna hear us talk about what it's been like for their organization to pivot going through COVID, how they've had to go smaller in terms of how far out they're thinking with the business and what it's looked like to make real pivots in terms of the ways that they serve their clients. You're also gonna hear me talk to Rana about finding her one thing. As a senior leader, there's so many things that are going on and maybe you can relate to this. You feel like there's just so much on your plate that you're, you're really struggling to identify what that one thing is. You're going to hear us coach her on that and go really, really small and pay close attention to what that lead domino is because you'll, you'll hear the energy lift when she was like, oh, that's it. And then finally, we're going to dive deep into the Fierce Conversation models and how we can be using those proven models with the people that matter most to us right now. If you find yourself right now struggling with clarity on what your goals and your priorities are, head over to theonething.com slash training. That's with the number one in the URL. There are two resources we want to point you to that will help you with this episode. First, if you are struggling with clarity, on what your goals are right now and really would love just to get that clarity and then figure out how to have your relationship with those goals for the rest of the year, head on over to theonething.com slash training and learn more about how we are facilitating our goal setting retreat virtually this year. You can learn more about that and it will be super helpful for you right now. And second, if you find yourself listening to the things that Rana shares about Fierce Conversations and want to understand exactly how you can begin to ask these questions. They created a brand new course called Shorten the Distance, which is free to you. And you can get that at fierceinc.com. And we'll link to that in the notes below this episode. And you'll see videos of them walking through this as well as some PDF guides that you can download with the exact questions. With that, let's get into this conversation with the Senior Vice President of Learning for Fierce Inc., Rana Dietrich. Eating healthy is an investment. It's an investment in yourself, but it also often requires an investment of your time. But good news is Factor has delicious ready-to-eat meals that are ever fresh and never frozen. They're chef-created, dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. With Factor, you can choose from a weekly menu of up to 35 options, including 
popular things like Calorie Smart or Keto Direction or Protein Plus or Vegan and Veggie. Also discover 60 more add-ons every week like breakfast on the go, lunch snacks, beverages to help you stay fueled, feel good all day. And we know our listeners here at The One Thing are focused on health and health goals. That's why we choose to partner with Factor. And if you visit factormeals.com slash 150 and use code 150, you can get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. Again, that's factormeals.com slash ONE50 and use code ONE50 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. Rana, what's one thing that's true today that surprised you that was not true a month or two months ago? That is a great question. Uh, you know, before I started working for Fierce, I spent probably seven, eight years working full time from home. And uh, what surprises me is that I'm doing that again now. When I went to Fierce, I had no expectation that that would be the case. We have an amazing office space in Pioneer Square, Seattle. Uh, And so to have spent the last two months back at my desk, back in my house, figuring out how to do all of these things that I thought I had uh, stepped away from is very surprising. And uh, I'm super grateful that I do have some familiarity with this. Like it's like muscle memory that is bit by bit coming back in terms of how to use my time, how to keep myself focused, how to get stuff done, how to talk to people. Uh, still surprising though. Yeah. Yeah. For for people who have not listened to the past episodes with with Susan Scott, what is Fierce Conversations? Our definition of a fierce conversation is one in which you come out from behind yourself into the conversation and make it real. So we talk about conversations as a way in which we can enrich relationships, in which we can tackle tough challenges, in which we can choose curiosity over our demand of being right. Uh, And it's a way of looking at the conversations that we're having personally and professionally with great intention so that we can, again, build relationships and drive results. Yeah, which, I mean, this was content that I was so passionate about for the last few years, which is how I got into a relationship with Susan, who, who, co- who wrote the book for, for people who have not read it yet. Yet it seems like with everything that's going on, the demand and need for this, it just seems like it's got to be higher than ever before. Yeah, I would agree with you. Like, as hard as all of this has been, I, that's one of the things that I have just been so grateful for to recognize that the content that we teach, the company that I work for, is offering what is even more critical now than it was before. And it has always been critical. So, you know, in this kind of an unknown, in this reality that all of us are facing together, it's that much more critical that we figure out how to talk to each other. Mm-hmm. Not just technically, not just on Zoom, do I turn my camera on or don't I? Uh, not just that. But I was having a conversation earlier this morning with one of our client companies about how easy now it is for us to avoid conversations even more than we were avoiding them before. Because now I don't have to see you every day. Uh, now mm-hmm. I can more easily make up excuses for not talking about what needs to be talked about because we're not bumping into each other on a day-to-day basis in the halls. So the 
the requirement now to have conversations with intention has just gone up exponentially. I mean, I don't know about if this is true for you, Jeff, but it certainly has felt this way for me. Like, I think I'm a pretty good conversationalist. I like to talk. I'm, I'm an extrovert. I'm connected to people. And something about the way the conversations have been taking place since COVID have felt more intentional to me, more in-depth, more focused, because they have to be. We're on a screen. We're not passing each other in the halls. It's not casual conversation over the lunch table. It's There is something more focused and more meaningful about them, I think. And so to have the skill and the capacity and the desire to step into these conversations through the lens of fears is challenge, but it's also mm. a huge gift when you know how to do it. Yeah. Well, I'd love, to, I'd love to pull the curtain back and understand what it's looked like, what you've been going through inside the organization with everything that's going on. And, and I'll preface by saying, in engaging with the corporate clients that we work with and the people in our community, it just seems like people's goals got completely disrupted. Um, some people might still have similar goals, but a lot of people just the decks got wiped and they're looking up with seeking clarity all over again. They're struggling to find alignment. They're wrestling with how to have positive accountability relationships while we're distant. What does it look like for fears? Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, one of the things I've been saying over these last couple months in talking with clients is, you know, we're in this with you. Like we're experiencing exactly the same things that you are. Like we're a different company. We understand that. We everybody has their own stuff that they're doing, but all of the struggles that we know that you experience as clients, uh, we're right there with you. So if I were to peel the curtain back, what I would say is that that we're experiencing very similar things. Disruption to our business model, understanding where the revenue comes from, what are the products and forms of content that we need to be quickly creating or uh, retooling in order to meet the needs of our clients right now and to continue to drive our own business viability. Uh, how do we work remotely? We have a small company, but there's 40 of us who have all been used to working with each other. So we've had to very quickly figure out how we sustain culture when we're not together for everything from like, what's the equipment that people need at home to how do we still have fun together? And then, of course, I can take this at personal levels. Like I can think of anybody within our organization or I can use myself as an example. What does it mean to be at home with my adult daughters back home with a brand new puppy at home uh, in the mix of trying to figure out how to work and to hold both what's happening for me personally in the mix of social distancing and COVID alongside everything that's going on with work. And isn't that what everybody's trying to figure out Mm -hmm. where we don't get to just focus on what's happening with us personally, or just focus with what's happening at work. We're having to figure out how to hold multiple realities at the same time. That is a new muscle for a lot of us. 
it's a it's a big deal. So what, <laughs> a lot. Like I'm through. sure you could talk about that. Yeah, I, I'm I'm curious to dive into how you've actually managed your time because I think this is mm. at least in so many of the trainings that we've done is when people say, "What does it mean to live the one thing?" It's identify your one thing, time block your one thing, protect your time block. And when you have an office or you've <laughs> got your cubicle, you know, you got your little space where you can do that, but you don't have dogs barking, you don't have kids, maybe being on a class or a call right next to you. What has it looked like for you to manage your time at home with both your adult daughters around? Yeah. So I will be very transparent and honest. It's not gone well. <laughs> the The line between work and home is very blurry. Uh, I think it's getting better as time goes on. But boy, the first number of weeks, I mean, 12, 14 hour days, like I, you know, turn, I get out of bed. And for the first few weeks that I was home, I I had to set up my office in my bedroom. So I felt like I was only out of my bedroom for like two hours a day to have dinner, watch a little bit of Netflix with my girls and then back to bed. And then I would go to work. So I wasn't managing the time very well. And to some degree, that's the necessity, right? Like we're all in a place of what's the word I want? Like we're just trying to figure out like what do we mm-hmm. need to be doing? How do we keep the business afloat? How do we keep working? What is it? So of course, bad time management in that regard. <laughs> I am a practitioner of the one thing. Like I've read the book, I have the calendar, I've taken a lot of the courses. And I was talking with one of my teammates yesterday and he said to me, Rana, I feel really bad. I know that you'd ask us to be sticking with this one thing idea. And I think it's been at least two weeks since I've even thought about it. And I said, well, you are way ahead of me because it's been more than two weeks since I've thought about it other than wishing I could get back to it. So I think this is the challenge, right? Like I think it's as if not more important than ever before, just like conversation. And when we're in these uncertain times, Unless that discipline and practice is pretty strong, it goes out the window quickly. And yeah. then it's even harder to get it back. Yeah. So I'm yeah. struggling with it. I, um, and I don't think I'm unique in that. But it is really hard to prioritize down to even one thing. Like Even if I could manage the time effectively, which is an issue under itself, then it's, I, don't even, like, I don't even know how to pick one thing. There's like a minimum of 10 things just today that need to be done. Uh, yeah, that would be hey, can, awesome. can, can, can we go there? Sure. You, you want me to, to help you? <laughs> Feel free. Let's see what you can do. That'd be yeah. great. So, and, and, and by the way, folks, <laughs> this was not on the agenda for the call. And this, this, <laughs> is, right. and this is real, which is, which is great. Yeah, um, for sure. For and sure. I, you are so not alone in this. So I'm curious if you think about the 20% priorities, fly up to 10,000 feet. Um, can you really, can you even see between now and the end of the year right now for your role? Oh, good grief. No. I okay. mean, high, high altitude, sure. My, my, my overall responsibilities remain the same, but what those are going to look like on a day to day, week to week, month to month basis is shifting. Perfect. So you're in the same boat with most people. So let's go smaller. Can you see 90 days? Mm, 
Other than the category I just named for you, no. Uh-uh. Okay, great. Let's go smaller. Can you see a month out? Uh, we're getting closer. Um, we have. I can see some things that are slated, like as we speak, it's mid-May. I can see some things that already have target dates for June. So that's encouraging. Previously, okay. we were talking about what we need to do by tomorrow. Great. So, so then let's, let's just the start window there. out a little bit. Let's just start there then. Without looking at anything, what are the 20% priorities that you've just got to focus on over the next month that would generate 80% of the results? This is a big bucket, but the, the highest priority is anything that generates revenue mm-hmm. uh, and continues to serve clients, Cool to sustain client relationships and generate revenue for the company. Great. Let me ask you another question before we even talk about anything else. Is there anything else that would trump that? No. Cool. So now let's get granular. I mean, yes, sure. People, relationships, those are going to be abiding above and beyond that. But from a task or um, objective, you know, work to get done, nothing's going to trump that right now. Okay. So here's the beauty of this. There's a lot more to your job than just that, right? You're, you're, you're the SVP of over all of learning for the company. You've got more than just this on your plate. And True. when we are treading, feeling like we are in the middle of the ocean, not sure which way we are going, working hard just to keep our head above water, we've got to be able to pick a direction and start to feel a sense of progress. Otherwise, we drown. Mm-hmm. So what's one thing you can do such that by doing it, would make generating revenue and sustaining current client relationships easier or unnecessary? Uh, one thing that I could do would be to use that as the rubric through which I decide what I do and don't do. Like what I, When I hear you say that, what's the one thing that you could do that would allow all that other stuff to be easier? Mm-hmm. It would be get the stuff off my plate that doesn't align with serving clients and generating revenue. Mm. Okay. So whether that's delegating that or it's having the right conversations with my boss to realign priorities and make sure that there's buy-in on what I am giving my time to. Uh, there's lots of ways to manage that, but that uh-huh. would be that would be a really quick win is to get that off my plate. So I wanna we can do that and I want to get to the meat of the activity that drives revenue and sustains client relationships. That lead domino, if you knock that down, it happens. Everything else is everything else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you had to think of an activity, what is that one activity, that one thing you can do that would either generate revenue or serve existing clients? I think it would be... I keep going to delegation just in terms of leading my team. It's really just... It's making sure that I'm having the... I'm equipping them to be focused on the right things. Which of course who's again it, are generating engaging? revenue. And- who, are you actually the one that's picking up the phone and engaging, or is it your team? Uh, it's all of us, but it would be it would be mine to make sure that the team is supporting those activities. I'm going to be part of them, no question about it. It's all hands right. on deck, but it's you know me making sure that I've got them deployed in the best ways possible to to support the rest of the organization's needs. Great. So and I'm going to pull a curtain back for people who are listening to this because you're at a very senior leadership level. 
You're not the, I'm going to run through walls and do it all myself. And you're, I'm hearing you balance what comes first, me doing the activity myself or me ensuring my team mm-hmm. is prepared to do the activity. And I'm hearing you say that succeeding mm-hmm. through the team is first. Yeah, it needs to be. And I'll be um, transparent. It hasn't been. Like I've been doing all, I've been doing it myself. Um, well, and welcome they've been to every entrepreneur too. Ever, ever, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not like they've been on vacation, but I've been doing a lot more tactical, heavy lifting that takes a lot of time that doesn't allow me to really make sure that they're doing what would be best. So I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, we're, I'm gonna keep asking the same question so we go smaller. I know you are. I've heard your podcast. I know how this goes. Yeah. <laughs> You're just on the other side now. Yay. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Not quite sure how that happened, but that's okay. What's one thing you can do that would make ensuring your team is clear on the one thing they can do to drive revenue or protect revenue easier or unnecessary? Uh... One thing that I can do is to schedule and prioritize consistent conversations with them to support them, to hear what it is that they need, and to make sure that they're um, equipped to be to get done what they need to do in a given week or day, as the case may be. How long so would conversations, conversations with yeah, them? How long would those sure. conversations yeah. take? I don't think they would be more than, I mean, if we got into the rhythm of it, I think we could be doing that in between five and 15 minutes. So how many time blocks over the course of the week would you have to have set to have that with your team? Uh, If I were doing it with them one-on-one, it would be um, six times 15. So what is that? An hour and a half. So what's one thing you can do to get that done? I could schedule an hour and a half, 15-minute blocks starting next week to make sure that they're on track and frees me up to do some other things. And how long will it take you to get those time blocks set? About 15 minutes this afternoon. There's really domino. Aren't you smart? See, and, and, and again, let's acknowledge a, the biggest challenge people and companies have when they hear the one thing is they go, I have more than one thing. You have more than one thing, mm-hmm. Rana. And mm-hmm. by really asking like... You hear how we went from, oh, I've got at least 10 things on my plate just today to really over the next month, what's what's a 20% priority? It's driving revenue and protecting mm-hmm. revenue. Is there anything else that trumps that? Mm-hmm. Nope. Okay, cool. Well, how are you going to mm-hmm. do that? I got to make sure that my team is clear on the activities. Well, what's one thing you can do to do that? Mm-hmm. A one-on-one conversation for 5 to 15 minutes. Well, what's one thing you can do to do that? 15 minutes this afternoon to block it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when you think about all the things that are on your plate... You just understand that those one-on-one conversations with your people are the most important thing. Which really works out great for uh, our conversation, given the two companies that we <laughs> we represent. <laughs> you know, the one thing and you having first conversation. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a conversation. Huh? What are the chances? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and no question. And when you have those blocked with, and you talk, you kept saying this word, like how we are being so purposeful with our conversations right now. When mm-hmm. you have time mm-hmm. blocked for a purposeful conversation, a fierce conversation to ensure they are clear on their activities that will line up with either driving revenue or protecting revenue, everything else just becomes everything else. Mm-hmm. And all the overwhelm and the anxiety and the stress 
it starts to go down because when you're clear on what matters most and you do what matters most, you start to feel accomplishment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's good stuff. So I'm curious, how have you noticed for yourself using the the fierce conversation models in ways that you didn't mm-hmm. anticipate to. Yeah, I, I, I've been really conscious of a number of aspects of what we talk about, both in my own home and in my own life, as well as conversations I'm having with my team and with coworkers and with clients. Uh, I think one of them that we talk a lot about is tackle your toughest challenge today which is really what you and I just walked through. Like, am I really clear on what the most important thing is that I need to take on instead of procrastinating or avoiding? Uh, as I think I said a few minutes ago, like we, it, it's, e- it's even easier than it ever was before to avoid things because I don't see you on a day-to-day basis and don't run into you in the hall. So I need to take, I need to be aware of what those challenges are and tackle them. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing that I lean on uh, really consistently is this idea of the conversation is the relationship. And when we talk train on this and we talk about this, we we use this quick math of C equals R, the conversation equals the relationship. The conversations that I am or am not having are directly correlated to the kinds of relationships that I have and therefore what it's like to live in my home or stay connected to my friends or to get work done. And when I look at the relationships that are a little wobbly or that I'm struggling in or that I want to avoid, all I have to do is say, okay, if the conversation is the relationship, what are the conversations that you're avoiding or that are missing completely that are causing this to be the case? Hmm. So I've noticed this in my home, right? Like I noticed with my girls, it's we're all on top of each other. It's harder to, it, well, let me say it differently. When we would see each other just, you know, on occasional weekends or holidays, you can let stuff go for a weekend. <laughs> when you're in it all the time, you have to start having conversations about this stuff. You can't just cross your fingers and hope that it's going to disappear. It isn't. The person's not going anywhere. So we as three adult women are having to figure out how to have conversations because we care about the relationship in -hmm. ways that we didn't have to do before. And then I think if I were to pick a third thing that I just even a couple nights ago woke up in the middle of the night thinking about and kind of laughed at myself because I was walking myself through our own content. It's this idea, uh, I know you've heard this, Jeff, and listening to Susan talk about this, uh, all conversations are with myself and sometimes they involve other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we talk about how powerful our context is, right? It's kind of like confirmation bias, how everything that we take in on a day-to-day basis goes through this lens or this filter that is shaped by our opinions, attitudes, and beliefs. And so one of the things that I am really conscious of is that it is easy for me to like fall into this kind of it's not fair sort of language or I don't know what to do about this or I can't believe so-and-so made that decision or I can't believe these are the parameters I now have to work with or I can't believe this is going on with politics or with 
masks, face masks, or like whatever, it's easy for me to kind of get caught in the it's not fair or to feel kind of stuck or trapped or victimized somehow. Mm-hmm. And I and I just can hear myself go there and then I go, okay, Rana, if that's the context that you hold, that it's not fair or that you're being put upon or that um, you the cards are stacked against you, what are you going to notice around you? And if these are the things that you notice, what are the emotions that you're going to feel? And if those are the emotions that you feel, what's the behavior that you're going to demonstrate? And if that's the behavior that you're demonstrating, what results do you think that you will get? And this is the context result cycle. Like we train this all the time. And I'm just finding myself over and over again going, wow, let's play the tape, Rana. If this is the context, if this is your attitude, your belief, what results do you think you're going to get? Change it up. Think about this differently. Hold a different, you've got to shift your opinion or your attitude or your belief right now because this is not going to get you where you want to be. Well, this just reminds me, you guys created a a free course called Shorten the Distance. And I watched the video that Susan did on how to have a fierce conversation with yourself first. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And just and asking some of these questions, which I I would highly encourage people to access that course. Where can they get it, by the way? They can get that at our website. If they go to fearsync.com, there'll be links right there that take them to the to the free mini course that Perfect. offers videos from leaders in our organization. Yeah, talking Perfect. exactly about this thing. And, and I'm curious, for somebody who's listening to this going, okay, yeah, my world has been disrupted. <laughs> I'm living under the same roof with all these people. We're having a lot more time and it's, it's a lot harder to uh, ignore... Mm-hmm. the need for the conversation because it's so in front of your face. What's one yep. thing people can do to start having the fierce conversations that will strengthen their mm-hmm. relationships with the people who matter most? So two things come to my mind. And one is what you just said. I think the one thing that people can do is actually have the conversation instead of procrastinate or avoid or be afraid of it. That That is the one thing we need to do. And we may not have it perfectly. No one expects I mean, we're certainly not training people to be perfect conversationalists. What we're saying is have the conversation. And will you do that from a place of curiosity instead of a place of demand? Can you be curious? Can you step into the conversation asking questions instead of having to get your point across? Will you just say, tell me more, help me understand what's going on from where you sit? And and staying present in the conversation long enough to really hear what the other person has to say. Uh, you know, we go in loaded for bear oftentimes, especially when we delay or avoid. Like we, you know, we we wait it out and we get more and more irritated and more and more frustrated and more and more tense. And then when we finally say something, we blow because we've been holding all of this in. What if instead I said something sooner, I had the conversation, and I just say, I'm really struggling with this. Help me understand what's going on from where you sit. Mm-hmm. And then just keep asking questions. Be curious, be curious, be curious. I, I know for myself, uh, the reason in the past I avoided these conversations is because I was not crystal clear on what the right questions were. Mm. 
What are some questions that? Well, people... I'll give you. Yeah, I'll yeah, give you that, some. Sure. Let's lay it out. So, one... so they go. Okay, I know I can at least sure. go one, two, three. Yeah. Well, the question that we train our trainers to ask, that we ask all the time, that we use in our coaching model, uh, is so simple. It's two words. It's just what else? <laughs> what else? That's the question to ask. Uh, you can say, "Tell me more." But that's that is my default question. I you know I joke about this back when we were on airplanes all the time when I was traveling every single week you know to train our content. That was all I had to say when I'm talking to someone at the airport or on the airplane. Like, how do you get people to tell you all this stuff, Rana? And I go, "There's no mystery. I just say, wow, what else?" So let's let's connect these two together. So what would be in if? Let's say it's with a, a significant other or with a family member, mm-hmm. and they're just there's a conversation that needs to be had. What is that opening question mm-hmm. they can say, and then diving deeper? You bet. I think we can start by saying exactly what it is that we want to be able to talk about. So I want to talk with you about X, and we use the word "with" instead of "to." I don't say I want to talk to you. I say I want to talk with you about. And just name it as clearly and concisely as you can. I want to talk with you about the fact that now that we're both home all the time, the bathroom's never clean and I'm tripping on the the strewn clothing across the floor between the bed and the bathroom. That did not sound made up. I'm just... So I'm just going to name it. I want to talk with you about the fact that everything is a mess. I feel slightly crazy because of that. Help me understand what's going on from where you sit. And then you listen and the person goes, well, I don't know why you're making such a big deal about this. And you know how busy I am with the kids. And you know that all these other things are going on. And your response would be, wow, yeah, what else? Hmm, what else? And let the other person actually explain it from their perspective. I think if we were to go one step further with this, Jeff, after the other person has had opportunity to really be heard and to and and can hear that you're really just going to let them run with this, is to say, wow, okay, so here's what I heard. Here's what I now understand. What have you heard? What have you learned? What's different now? And then resolution. Where do we go from here? What's the next step we could take? What what new agreement can we make? Here's what I'm willing to do. What are you willing to do? Yeah. What I, what I love about this, Ron, is just how when people hear one thing, it's like, no, it's not just one thing. It's one thing at a time. When they hear fierce mm-hmm. conversation, they might have a perception of what that is. But what you just modeled may have um, not been what they were thinking. It was much softer. Mm, I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I hope so. You know, when we when we talk about this about fierce conversations, we have four objectives that we're that we are working with in a fierce conversation. And the fourth one is the one that I think is just so often overlooked or missed for all of us, whether we've been trained in fierce or not, but it's to enrich the relationship. If that's what I'm going for, if that's why we're having the conversation in the first place, that's why we're like, that's all that matters ultimately are the relationships that we have with people. And the relationships are built or broken down one conversation at a time. Mm -hmm. So 
if I'm holding that as key, it completely changes how I'm going to step into this about the clothes strewn across the floor. My ultimate goal is to enrich the relationship, not to get the floor cleaned up. Yeah. How can I have this conversation with you in a way that by the time we get finished with it, we're closer than we were before? And maybe I'm going to extend you a little bit more grace than I had thought that I was going to. Or maybe you're going to extend it to me. I don't know that yet. But the relationship is what matters. And I think what's so important about this and, and why for you who's listening to this, it's important that you you identify where you might benefit from having these conversations now and not later is mm-hmm. and the one thing we always talk about how a lot of times people are failing so slowly, they think they're succeeding. Yeah. You know, you're avoiding yeah. having the right, doing the right things. And because you just punted it down the road, like it felt like success, you didn't have to endure it. And when you actually start doing your one thing, it flips. You're succeeding so slowly, it feels like you're failing because you do the right thing and you expect the activity. But what I loved about Fierce was this idea of gradually then suddenly. Mm -hmm. How How a relationship can be strengthened or failed and it happens gradually then suddenly. Exactly. And the benefit of doing it now, like mm. in the gradually, if I'm having the conversations all along, even if they're not perfect, but I'm having them, I'm going to end up at a suddenly, so to speak, at this next place in, so, in such better condition with relationships built along the way versus the gradually in which I avoid the conversations, I don't have them. And then I end up in a place I did not want to be. And the work I have to do to try to build back the relationships that have been harmed or fallen apart in that gradually is so hard and sometimes completely impossible. Yeah. This is relevant for me because I did not um, follow your model (laughs) in the last week. Mm -hmm. And um, (laughs) I went to have what I thought was a fierce conversation, but instead of asking questions and being curious, I made statements that actually mm. undermined an important relationship. And we ended up having a, a good, fierce conversation after, but it put us a few steps back. And this is a relationship that really yeah. matters. And had I followed what you outlined in here, it would have been a very different outcome, which would have alleviated probably my single biggest source of stress this week. Mm. Mm. Well, I'm sorry that happened. And I'm, you know, I'm glad that you were able to kind of pull it back the other direction. You know, one of the things Susan talks about is um, taking responsibility for your emotional wake. Mm. And when I train Explain this Explain what that means a lot it's of powerful. Times, yeah, take responsibility for your emotional wake. So every conversation that we have leaves a wake behind it. Uh, the way we talk about this is we say maybe it's an afterglow, might be an aftertaste, might be an aftermath. The question is, do you know what it is? Do you know the wake that you leave behind you in conversations? Because none of these, these even, even small comments are not trivial. We may make some flippant statement or be sarcastic, but do I know how that lands with the person who just heard that? Now, I went on with my life, but you have held on to what it is that you heard me say, and it, and it left a wake that I... I have to be responsible for. Mm -hmm. So one of the questions I get asked a lot when I train this content is, well, what do I do about all the wakes I've already left (laughs) 
maybe I could start to mitigate those going forward, but what do I do about this? And I say, well, there's another fierce conversation. What does it mean for you to be vulnerable enough to, to honestly acknowledge that? What does it mean to go to the person that you said something to just yesterday and say, here's what I've been thinking about. I want to talk with you about the way I behaved yesterday and the way that I only made statements and didn't ask questions. That's not how I want to be with you. Help me understand what that felt like from your perspective. And we go right back through the same process. I get to listen to what it is that they say. I now have opportunity to say, wow, thank you for telling me that. I am really sorry. Where can we go from here? Here's what I'm willing to do. What are you willing to do? Like I can go through the very same steps that I was just talking about, but I could be the bigger person, acknowledge that I did leave awake and say, I'm sorry. What do I need to do now? And I think that's part of being fierce. That's what enriches the relationship. You know, we, we finish up our trainings by saying this. While no single conversation is guaranteed to change the trajectory of a career, a company, a relationship, or a life, any single conversation can. And I love that statement because I sometimes think, I think the same thing. I'm sure you hear this all the time with the one thing, but it's true with fierce conversations as well. Like it's, it's overwhelming to think about what we need to do to get ourselves back on track, whether that's with time management or with goal setting or with conversations or with you know working more effectively within our teams or whatever that is. It can feel really daunting and overwhelming, which is why I say, but any single conversation has the capacity to completely change the trajectory. So just have a single conversation, just have the next one. And then the next one, you don't have to fix everything right now. Have one conversation, sit down with one person, Zoom call with one person, start. And that's how we build the skill. And that's how we, in the gradually, then suddenly we end up at a different suddenly. Because gradually, one conversation at a time, we've been making headway and have been vulnerable enough and real enough to say what needs to be said and listen. Well, usually I, I ask people what's what's the one thing they can do, but you just told them. <laughs> yeah, one conversation at a time. I love that. I just love that. Well, well, folks, yeah. for if you're listening to this, I would highly encourage you head over to fierceinc.com. That's f i e r c e i n c dot com, and we'll link to that in the details below this episode as well. And check out the the course that they have called "Shorten the Distance." It's absolutely free. It'll walk you through how to have a fierce conversation with yourself, how to have the conversation with kids, and how you might have a conversation that could be difficult with more distant relatives. We're all in this together. And um, I think you, you'll see the, the, the reason there is such a strong relationship between Fierce and us is because of the alignment. It's one conversation at a time. Ron, I really appreciate you coming on. Oh, thanks, Jeff. It's been great to have the conversation with you today. Thanks for the little coaching session there. I um, need to get on that this afternoon. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Talk soon. All right. Great. Thank you. Well, there you have it, our conversation with Rana Dietrich. Folks, we talked about three main things today. One, just acknowledging that all of us right now uh, have been disrupted in the ways that we work and have had to find new ways to serve people and to continue to interact with our teams. And with that, the second thing, which is a lot of us struggle with clarity and alignment on what our priorities are. 
And what I loved about Rana here, we, we did not prep her for this, but it just came up naturally. We all have so much that's on our plate. It seems like we're busier than, than ever before. And even with all that stuff on our plate, there's an opportunity to view them as dominoes and line them up and understand that if we can just be clear on what that first one is, in Rana's case, to sit down for 15 minutes this afternoon and block time for one-on-ones with her direct reports so that they are clear on how they can continue to drive revenue and protect revenue in the organization. Everything else becomes easier or unnecessary. And finally, if the conversation is the relationship, then we are enriching the relationship or undermining it one conversation at a time. I love the idea of thinking about what is the wake of your conversations. And out of all of them, to think about what's one conversation that I need to have right now and to follow her model. If you would like to learn more about their course, Shorten the Distance, head on over to fierceinc.com. You'll get to see videos walking you through this as well as there is a PDF resource with the questions that you can ask below each video. And like we mentioned at the beginning of the course, if you are struggling with clarity on what your goals are right now and want to have a shepherd you through a process the rest of this year where you can have a relationship with those goals, head on over to onething.com slash training. That's with the number one in the URL and learn more about how we are facilitating our goal-setting retreat virtually this year so that you can participate. If this episode has brought value to you, please share it with someone that you think it can help as well. If you are new to the podcast, click the subscribe button so all future episodes will automatically be downloaded to your podcast player of choice. And while you're at it, will you leave us a rating and review? It helps us reach more people and live our purpose, which is to help you better invest your time by having a relationship with your goals so you can achieve extraordinary results. I'm your host, Jeff Woods. We look forward to being with you in the next episode.